on set. Now sit back, relax, and listen to some real talk. Now sit back, relax, and listen to some real talk. You are now listening to Unspoken Words Podcast. Hey, yeah. You're not even my relative. Spoken words. Episode 162. The go. time to take Come on. care of yourself oh. and to focus oh. on your own well being. Uh. Episode eight. Oh. Hey. I messed up, man. You had a rough beginning, but, that, but that right. ending, man. It's not how wow. you start, it's how you finish. There you go. All it's right. all right. You're one of our relatives. <laughs> kind of dodgy in the beginning. You're one there. of our relatives. Our relatives are proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> All our relations are proud of you, bro. <laughs> relations. <laughs> What'd you say? Not even our relative? Is that what you were saying earlier? Well, I was screaming around. Yeah, what did you say? Sitting, not even my relative. Ah, <laughs> uh, baloney. Not even related. Balagna. Malagna episode, um, what is it, 162? Yeah, 162. 162 is in the house. Damn. Yeah. 162 Thursdays in a row, baby. In a row, in baby. In a row, baby. For oh. you out there, our listeners, we do it just for you. Just for you. If we have not contributed to anything, we have shown you our reliability <laughs> and consistency. For you, our for relations. You. Because so you are relatives. At the very least, you can say, ah, these guys again. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh. All right, over here to my right, all the way from Babu Naino, Naino, Naino. He is your favorite Indian. He is your ace hoe in one JCB. Say shoulder. I'm just kidding. You can be my relation. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Little big man. Uh-huh. And over here to my left, fall away from L. Jesus, number 83 in the place to be. It is Randy B., the pod god. He says, show that. Mahalo. Mahalo. From it's all the relatives. Ah, the relatives from the islands. Island uh-huh. relatives. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hey, and tonight's special guest in the house. He's back for good, Holmes. Adley Falls Down <laughs> Jr., a.k.a. Championship. Say, show that. Show that. Uh-huh, my uh, brother from another mother. All the way from, from Bemidji. An, all the way from down the road. <laughs> down the road in Bapu. Arrow Creek. Down the road, up the road. All right, and you know me, Mo Hugs, not drugs, all the way from up the road in Arrow Creek. Uh, hey! Way up the road. That's clappable. That's very clappable. <laughs> So far up the road, there's no more pavement. <laughs> the gravel. <laughs> and the pavement ends before you get to my house. Where the pavement ends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to get into um, Adlai Jr.'s here story in a little bit. He's going to tell us some war stories. Hey, we used to run together in a little back in the day, so hopefully you don't. Reveal those stories. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so it was you on Snake Road. <laughs> both of us on Snake Road. <laughs> Race that. <laughs> match. <laughs> Beat you to the top. <laughs> Fuzz. That'd be crazy, eh? Hey, but anyway, how's it going to you? How are you guys doing? How's your week, man? It's been like. Well, it's over a week since we've been in here, boys. 
Oh yeah, that's right. Cause uh, Wednesday, how was your thanks taking? Thanks taking didn't take anything. Did you get full? Uh, we had we ate out. My dad and them didn't cook, so we ate at at. Uh, I want to keep wanting to say pickle barrel, but that's not the thing. Cracker barrel. Cracker barrel. Okay. That was all right. Pretty good. They got good. Well, I kind of, I must have had a. Did you get stuffing? Yeah. And (laughs) the only thing was, is I only got a little, like a little spoonful of cranberry sauce. And that was, that's my thing, bro. Yeah, no, you got to put that on everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like one little uh, spoonful. Yeah. I was kind of pissed. Why don't you say, hey, hey quit being stingy with this. But it was it was the good stuff. It wasn't that jelly stuff, remember? It had actual cranberries. Yeah, there was actual Should've cranberries. Got a side of the cranberry <clears throat> sauce. I was thinking about it. Man, I made some cranberry sauce a few years ago. There's a lot of fucking sugar in it, man. Is there really? Yeah, you get like cranberries and you pour orange juice into the pot and you like boil it and you put like a cup of sugar and you just boil it till it like turns into like a syrup. Kind of like shibola? Yeah, then. <laughs> <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> I said, yeah. <laughs> He's <like> native hot dogs. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. No, but back to your shirt. I didn't know you, <laughs> I didn't know you boiled that cranberry sauce. What, Shibula? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay, he got hot dogs on his mind. <laughs> came in like that. Came, that's every day, man. That's just every day. Thing. <laughs> anyway, just boil it till it's like a syrup, and then you just like let it cool down, and it gets all gelatinous. Cool, man. Like your shorts. <laughs> 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 what about you? Did you go to Dickies then? No, I didn't. Uh, oh, we, we really hyped it up, I was gonna say because isn't that for like the homeless? Yeah, yeah, no, it was for the yeah, it was for the less fortunate. Yeah. for the community. Uh, yeah, for the community for and all the relatives. All the relatives. All the relatives <laughs> down here. <laughs> <laughs> No, but we, uh, yeah, we, we got together and I made that, uh, Texas Roadhouse. Remember the butter? Yeah. That's yeah, my yeah. contribution to my family dinner. Nice. Was, uh, that, yeah, it's pretty, pretty easy. If you guys need the recipe, hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> the recipe for butter. Yeah. <laughs> like, like and subscribe, huh? Yeah, like recipe. and subscribe. <laughs> 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 Yeah, man, we had some uh, some deja, some beef dung. It was good, man. Yeah, how I was sent that? Sent you guys pictures. Woo, I know, best. man. Uh, look, uh, you you eat beef tongue, right? Jump. No, no. Oh no, yeah, I did. Oh, you did, but do yeah. you? No, I don't. No, you don't uh, anymore. Man. Not anymore. Did you give it up for Lent? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how come? I don't know. Just didn't like the texture. See, see, <laughs> man. That's that's, know, that's, that's the first thing I would think of too is like the texture. I'm about like, to leave this room. <laughs> like I'm about to leave this room, y'all. That was crazy though. Like how like that picture you sent it. Like there was all slides, kind of like spam. Yeah, yeah. That's a traditional spam. For <laughs> 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 spam, not- <laughs> that's why we love spam, dude. <laughs> no, but that like it did. Like, <laughs> they were all sliced. Like that's yeah. What, yeah, that's how you cut it up. It's all how about long, presentation. How's that process? Yeah, no, but how's that process? Um, like 
you, all right, we just boil it for like four hours. Okay. And it's all nice and tender. You guys Bach use like it. um seasoning and stuff? No. But it's ready to go, man. Really? It's good. Dang. No seasoning. Just naked tongue. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. Just raw dog. Just <laughs> raw dog that tongue, bro. <laughs> Just a little bit of salt. That's it. <laughs> a little Some bit of salt. salt. You ready to go, baby? <laughs> Sprinkle of salt. Good to go, baby. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know, bro. Yeah, that's all I had, and then we had some ham and stuff, and oh, man, ham's my joint. I kind of played out on turkey, man. It's good, but yeah, I prefer ham over turkey too. For real, like yeah, love ham sandwiches. Mm-mm. <laughs> what about you, champ? What'd you guys eat? Well, we ate at um, my sister's, and we just had a uh, turkey, ham, and all the other trimmings. Okay, no deja, no deja. For say. real, yeah. Man. I'm disappointed in you guys. I know. All of you. <laughs> I'm going to get a buffalo next year. I'm going to get a buffalo tongue. <laughs> Just the tongue. Oh, oh, oh. That's what you guys are getting oh, for Christmas God. buffalo tongue. <laughs> get a package of buffalo tongue. Put <laughs> a bow on it. A little bow. Yeah, cook this now. Hey, it. how come this one's leaking? <laughs> All right, then. Well, I got some uh, icebreaker questions. We're already getting the last round, but we'll do a couple of these, huh? <laughs> yeah. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> all right, we'll start with Randy. Then we'll go to uh, Adley Jr. here, and then we'll come over back to uh, I mean, to Favorite Indian with these, and then I'll I'll do I'll go last. So, what is your what is your favorite urban legend that you believe is true? Man, I don't know a lot of urban legends, but I remember that movie. Not to flash your lights at somebody. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like when you're driving, is it with without the headlights? Yeah, if someone's driving without headlights and you flash them, then they follow you and jack you up or something <laughs> <Yeah>. like that. <laughs> Gang initiation or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. What else are urban legends? Well, there's this one that uh, I don't know if you would consider it an urban legend, but my daughter was talking about it last night, like how, like, uh, the the woman cut their hair in, on a full moon. Yeah, is that an urban legend? Like for what though? So that it grows faster, and I don't know what the whole thing is. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that, but I know that like they tell us not to cut our hair until the solstice. But if you really have to in between, then do it on a new moon. Okay, so what's the significance of the full moon? I don't know about that one. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know about that. <clears throat> but you, Temp, urban legend you believe is true, even native ones. Go ahead. Um, shoot, I don't know. I, I haven't really thought about urban legends in a while. But the first thing I was reminded of is I remember in grade school, I want to say I was in Malta. Because we moved around a lot, but I'm pretty sure I, I might not be 100 percent sure on this where I was, but I'm yeah. pretty sure it was Malta. But anyway, we used to walk by this old house, mm. and then when they they said that there was an old lady old lady that lives there, and that she was like this witch or whatever. Yeah, and so we we'd have to walk by that house on on the way to and from school, and for the longest time, I believed it, 
and here, um, I've never seen anybody go in and out of there. Uh huh. And <laughs> and then when we did, it was a woman, but she wasn't old, and then she was like real nice. Oh yeah. Yeah. She was like real nice. Like I don't know if she actually did. Well, she had to have because she was standing on the front. And she was like coming out to get in her car, go somewhere or whatever. And she was like, "Hello, kids," or whatever she said. But oh. she was like real nice, and I, that's the only person I ever seen come out of there. So. Like after that, I anybody that that's maybe that was how I started becoming a skeptic. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, man, maybe she's being nice and trying to lure you in. Maybe she was like a shapeshifter, Could and she be. just turned herself into a a nice, like, young looking lady that you know Ooh. you wouldn't be threatened by instead of this old witchy one. Yeah. yeah, that's how they get you, bro. She's probably just trying to lure you into her big old pot and boil you up. Ooh, boil you maybe, up like a hot dog. Maybe not me. <laughs> You know, I've never had too much. I never said, had very much meat on my bones. But. She's probably looking at you out the window saying, I never had Native American before. <laughs> never, had, never had a nice little Indian. Dude. <laughs> I wonder if he's gamey. <laughs> he looks really gamey and salty. <laughs> looks like he tastes like boiled meat. <laughs> uh, so this made me think of like, so like Bigfoot, I think it's true. But is that considered urban legend? It's, I don't yeah, know. It's gotta be, well, it's like legend. I mean, it doesn't. I guess it doesn't have to be urban, yeah, yeah, more or less. But I think Bigfoot's real, like for real. And then that was my question in the group chat. Like, is it just one Bigfoot we're talking about, or does he have a whole tribe? There's a whole gang of them. Like they gang get together gang. on Thanksgiving and stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. Man, they, <laughs> I wonder like, if they have their own holidays. Man, they beef. The last, <laughs> the last, the last, last video eh? that you sent us, that guy look hungover, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Which one? Oh, yeah. yeah look at like Shaka Khan here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, man, that guy's hurting, bro. We'll get him a beer. Oh, oh, just like, looks like he's just sitting there like, uh, <laughs> screw this crime scene. And like he messes it all up. Uh, yeah. Man, that was crazy. Oh, there's like that. An Instagram page that just like posts videos like of those people catching catching them on their phone and stuff. Some of those funny ones that you send, I start following them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's one I like. That's what I don't do. Follow? Yeah. How do you get them then? I just like go on the reels, like on Instagram, and then oh. just flip up. Just okay. Keep going. So what? You watch them, and then like more like it or suggested to you. So the like? algorithm hits you then, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I do like one, then I start seeing a bunch of them like that. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, Bigfoot. Big ah, Bigfoot. Bigfoot, Big Brother. Yetish. Big uh, Yetish. Mm. My relative. <laughs> uh, Bigfoot often gets mistaken for Sasquatch. Yeti never complains. They don't even like they don't even like each other. Dad joke. <laughs> oh, I didn't even hear that one. Yeti. There you go. No, I think there's like a I mean there's probably like a lot of them, like all over. Can't be just one. Unless he's like omnipresent, yeah. Well, remember, like, like, like a like creator, <laughs> like creators. <laughs> but um, somebody was telling me that they think that they're like go through these um, portals or whatever you want to. Yeah, call yeah, it. yeah. So that's why you can never really catch one. Yeah. No, and like, because remember, I was telling you, I was talking with that uh, that Blackfoot elder, and then she shared with me that the name that they have for Bigfoot. Translates to English, uh, being that goes through dimensions. Yeah, yeah, like Ooh. interdimensional yeah. doors. Our relatives or out there in Blackfeet country, uh, our northern relatives, the hairy noses. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was Grova. Oh, is it? 
I don't know. What about our I heard that relations? Mm. <laughs> what? <laughs> our Malta relations. I thought you said something else. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Um, let me see here. Is it ever okay to lie? I don't know. I mean, I lied right there. Yeah. You just lied. <laughs> <clears throat> Are we, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna say yeah. yeah. I think so. You know what? Some people Look, consider that professionalism. Lying? Corporate? Yeah. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, well, we can't go through life saying everything is black and white. It's not concrete. Oh, there's that gray area. There's that gray area. That's where lies lie. <laughs> that's where. That's, that's where, where, that's where, where I, I dwell. <laughs> that's where I dwell. <laughs> <laughs> Gives me permission to lie. <laughs> but yeah, you gotta, I mean, you know, like, we lie to our kids all the time. Like, you know, Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy and Easter Bunny. No, no, that's exactly where my mind went. Was like, And you can justify and rationalize all you want, but at the end of the day, that's a lie. Yep, it is. It is. Elf on the shelf. Now, if you said, like, oh, um, who took my money? It wasn't me. Like, that's not right. Yeah, that's kind of more like a blatant. Yeah. Blatant. So there's good lies and bad lies? White lies. White oh, lies. white lies. <laughs> <laughs> the Bastila lies. Why they got to be white, though? <laughs> Why can't they be black? Because <laughs> that's, that's where they originate. <laughs> Why can't we have a brown Friday? That's all I want to know. Yeah, for real. Brown Friday. <laughs> 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 Took me a second. I got it. I got it. <laughs> All right. Moving right along. Well, how about this? They call it Black Friday because every other day they're in the red. Oh, yeah. That's probably where it came from, though, right? I mean, that's exactly where it came from. So we got 364 days. Mm. Right? Oh. Hey. oh. All my relations. Oh, cell relatives. Your perception mm. is your reality. What? What's the most annoying thing people do in public? Cuts you off in traffic. Yeah. Dog, that's annoying. Okay, so like, okay, wait, explain, like, because I really really don't know what's cutting off, like. So tonight, bro. Yeah, yeah. So we had a function at McKinley, um, and when we left there, we were driving down Grand, right? Yeah. So I merged over into the left lane, and this lady who was in the middle lane Moved to the right lane. She was in front of me. Yeah. No, she was in the right lane, and she merged to the left lane, and then went back to the right, and then cut across all the way to the left again. Like, bro, like, I'm in back of her. Yeah. And this is, like, one right after another, bro. Like, this lady could not make up her mind. Like, where she was going? Yeah. And then she pulled into the lady. Because she stopped. Like, oh, okay. we, we ultimately pulled into the same. We pulled into Albertsons up yeah. there. And okay. uh, I'm like, man, I'm livid, bro. I'm like, what the heck? Like, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then jumped off. I'm like, watch your driving, lady. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, man, you be sorry all you want, but you almost caused a wreck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. I said, I got my daughter with me. Yeah. Dog. Oh, that is annoying, though. Okay. And then it got me pissed off bro i can see that yeah it it still does (laughs) it's still hot it's still fresh yeah no but i felt bad though because when like when i went inside like i'm like man she didn't really deserve that but then at the same time like dog like 
Yeah, like that's my biggest pet peeve. <laughs> Fuzz, man, you very scared her real bad, dude. Yeah, did probably <laughs> like. Oh my god, there's this Native American. He was so angry. He was just screaming at me in the Albertsons parking lot. All I wanted to do was get some sugar. For my yeah, but she had like sauce. big old four like water bottle, you know, like the big old five gallon jugs. Oh yeah, yeah. So she must have stopped there to fill up her water, but like still, like man, it's like four o'clock traffic, bro. Yeah, it's bad. It doesn't justify how I responded, but it still, like, burned me up. Like, okay. Oh, okay. no, I Go get ahead. that. Yeah, yeah. Breathe. I know I was doing that in there. Cruz Cruz What about you? What's the most annoying thing that people do in public? Probably stare at us. Oh. Yeah. Got yeah. that a lot in North Dakota and, you know, upper part of Minnesota. Yeah. We walk into a Costco or Sam's Club. Well, like, what are you doing here? Yeah. That's because that they, they can't tell the good ones from the bad ones. Remember um, that one? <laughs> Remember that when they, what was it, South Dakota, when they, those people got oh. shot in that motel room and then they, yeah, the, 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 the oh, yeah. yeah That's what that lady said. Can't. You can't tell the good ones from the bad ones. So that all of them can't stay here. None of them can stay here. See that? They don't know if you're good or bad. Yeah. That's that high. Uh, that's that hotel too. When you pull right off the highway, that's that bullshit. <laughs> it is, bro. It is. Man, Albertson's doing that too downtown. Yo, man. Um, yeah, I know. I know. I know. Dog, I walked in the other day to grab some water. Yeah, and like that security guard, like one stood right here. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the other guy like stood back here, and I'm like, dog, like I got my water, bro, like. Man, uh, crazy story about, I think I told it on here before, um, I went stopped off at Albertsons right here a couple blocks away, downtown Billings, and I think I was grabbing some drinks or some food, and then I was coming over here, and I was like, I just walked through the back, because I couldn't find like these tall cans, yeah. that was before I knew, they moved them right there by the door, yeah. so I was walking through, and I went back by like where the stakes and stuff are, here it is, two native couple came in, and they had a um, car seat. Yeah. Here they put it there. They opened it up, man. They filled it up with steaks, and like I was in shock. I was like, "What the fuck, man?" They filled it up with steaks and they covered it back up and they walked out. They started walking out, or they like walked off. And then I found these uh, iced tea tall cans and I was checking out. Here, man, they they came around the side and then they went out the front door and then some worker lady came. I see them on camera. They they got steaks and then like three or four employees ran out and I watched them. They had their car was parked right by the door, and they jumped in and they left. Dang, man, they ain't good that night. They afraid, yeah. <laughs> so they got it, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah, they got away. Yeah. No, that's how I felt. Like I didn't do nothing wrong last week, but I felt like I did something wrong. I probably thought you were trying to boost some. Well, steaks. I know some water. A freaking <laughs> well, just, JC like what? That water you like? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's just what I was like uh, I was telling you guys the other day about when I went and got those scrub pants. Yeah. And I was I was wearing the ones that I got the week before, and so I went and tried them on. I tried the ones I, I was gonna get on. Yeah. Then I I went back to kind of make my mind up about the color, and then I saw so I was like, oh, this will work. So I started heading out. And she came up to me and she goes, "Sir, were you wearing those pants when you went in the dressing room?" <laughs> and I had those ones in my hand, and I'm like, "Well, no, I try. I was about to say that." And she goes, "No, the ones you have on." And I looked down. I was like, "Yeah." And then she, then she goes, are you sure? And I'm like, I wanted to get smart. I wanted to get lippy. Yeah. 
I almost said, well, am I sure that I came in here with pants on? Well, yeah. <laughs> but I just said, uh, you know what? You can check your cameras. I said, these were the pants that I was wearing when I came in here. But if you, you know, and then I, I was going to say, too, if you're going to do that, then please make it fast because I got places to be. But I just shut up. I just said, you can check your cameras. Yeah. And she just kind of looked at me and said, well, okay. oh, because they found one of those. After I left, they found one of those little those magnet things that go off when you walk out the door. Yeah. She found one of those in there. Mm. And I was like, well, why does it got to be me? Yeah. Where, why did she go in there after you left? I don't know. I didn't even know they did that. But at the same time, you can't, you can't even get into that room until that, that woman comes and unlocks the door. So she saw what I had in my hand. She saw that I was wearing these pants. Oh. <clears throat> and so. Man, she's scandalous, man. She, she probably just had that in her pocket as backup. Trying to, Probably, trying to get you so caught then, up, like, huh? yeah, just trying to get you caught up to like confess to stealing some shit. Yeah, if you did, yeah, like, like on the assumption that I already stole, but we don't know how to get him, so let's just use this. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past him, bro. I wouldn't. Nah, man. Mm. You know, you can kiss my ass, man. I got. We had one of them come in today. Let's go then. <laughs> we had one. Of one them. of them is in the dressing room right now. Well, we got a hot one. We got a hot one. <laughs> One of those red ones. Yeah. <laughs> red alert. Code red. Code red. No, did you know that's the Albertsons thing? Is like red light or something? Like a red something? As soon as you walk in? No, not when oh. you walk in, but like when you're suspected of stealing. I learned that when we were young. Oh. So like my older sister, Brandy, like we were in there walking and uh, yeah, she stole something. But dog, they freaking came and caught us right at the line, man. <laughs> hey, come and think of it, um, that Albertsons that's over there, you know, by where I work, across from CVS. Yeah. They, the other night I was in there and I was going to get some milk. I just went in there for milk. And then when I was walking back there, I heard them over the intercom or whatever. They said something like, all employees, something like security check in your area and please turn on facial recognition <clears throat> software. What? Yeah, that was the, she said something about security check your area and then facial recognition. Dang, man, that's everywhere. Dog, that's like Yeah. No, even yeah, there's self checkouts too, right? Oh yeah. Like when you when you're checking them out like cuz what I told that security guard that night last week too was like, man, if you guys would just hire humans, we wouldn't have to go through this. For real. You know? Cuz yeah. they stop it, bro. Like they stop, I don't know. That's yeah. crazy. Moving well, along. Moving right along over here to your favorite Indian. What is something that people do in public that's annoying? Accuse me of stealing, you son of a bitch. It's a family show. <laughs> this this it, is a family show. It was it. until you pissed me off. <laughs> no, um, you know, like, okay, I always tell you guys, like, when I'm going through traffic, I try not to let it get, get me angry because then you know, I just yell out random ass shit because I think it's funny. Yeah, yeah. But the one thing that does get me is the way people park. Oh, bro, like the ones that are, you know, park on the line, take up two spots or like they don't even take up two spots. They just barely right up next to the line. And then, man, like I don't want to get my card, you know, when they open their door yeah, yeah, or whatever. And then they they where I at my apartment building. They do that all the time. There's this one lady. I swear to God, those those parking spots are huge. Like they can fit a truck in there comfortably. Yeah. Where the lines are. Right. You mm-hmm. don't even have to go over the line. Yeah. But this woman, she has like um, kind of like a car. Like it's not like yours, but it's same style, about the same size. The four door. Oh, the Impala. <clears throat> yeah, I think it might, might even be an Impala. It's comes uh, or the other one. What's the other Malibu? One? Malibu. The one of Malibu-ty. those. Malibu. But anyway, I swear to God, dude, 
when I park there and she comes in, she parks right next to my car every time. And then I go to the other side and look on the other side of her car. And man, I could probably pull out and pull my car back on that side too. Like that's how far away she is from that side. Man, she probably just likes you. But uh, I don't know. (laughs) But she doesn't. So every time I see her car in that parking lot, dude, I'll park away from her. I don't trust her at all. She parks like there's snow on the ground all the time. And work too. Like those guys don't know how to park either. Like, Man, they go in there on they're all crooked, like you know. Yeah. Oh, and then they try to act, you know, like they can back into their parking spot, <laughs> but they don't know how to do that either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you don't know how to drive, dude, don't try to get all fancy and park backwards. I'll be right back, guys. Like I'll go fix my car. <laughs> but, hey, well, there, there's this one dude. He was parked like that, and I was there. You know, my par- my car was there first, right? Yeah, and that not that has anything to do with it. I don't own the fucking parking lot, but <laughs> he comes in after me, and the way he parks, he, he was like sideways or you know, kind of like at an yeah. angle, and like I couldn't even like I would have had to like squeeze through this little tiny, yeah, like barely open my door, or I could have got on the passenger side. But who, why should I do that shit? Yeah. So I went in there and I told my boss, I was like, "Hey man, you better go tell such and such to move that truck." Yeah. And we he said, let me see. And we walked out there, and he saw it, and he goes, oh, my God. So that time, they made him go out there and fix his vehicle. Because it was bad, dude. Like, Yo, man, I know, man. Like, some of these truck owners don't know how to park for shit. And I see it, like, weekly at my work because there's, like, parking lots all over the place uh, around my work. And, like, so in the mornings, I got to find a parking job. And, I mean, man, granted, yeah. I work at, like, a hospital clinic. But... You can take the extra few seconds to park straight. Yeah. Like, some of them just, like, pull in, and they're, in like, in two parking spots, but they're, like, all cockeyed like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And these big old doolies, and I'm just like, man, parking is already scarce here. What the? Do you guys get good, uh, you guys get parking plans? Uh, We have parking lots that are designated for us, the employees, but um, patients and families can still park in those. Okay. And there's some that are so, specifically, mean, like, designated for us that you got to have your card to scan in. Yeah. You can get into that parking lot, but they're, like, fucking like two blocks away. Damn. Yeah, no, that's, like, Three the suckiest blocks parking in town, huh, downtown? Oh, yeah, man, for real. Yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, that, it just, man, that just grinds my gears, bro. Mm-hmm. Parking, yeah, like, parking like there's snow on the ground all the time. <laughs> See, like, you know, in the wintertime when I have my dad's truck, like, man, that's like night and day between my little car and that truck. You should park like her next time. Uh, well, no way, man. I park way over there because I know that that truck is so big and, you know, I don't want to sit there and. Austin Powers. Yeah, it. Austin Powers it. Or I could just kind of pull in and, you know, like I, got, I, like I own the parking lot like they do. But no, nah, man, I don't want to be that dude. So I'll park way over there and like, walk yeah. Yeah, halfway yeah. across, you know, that parking lot at Walmart. Yeah. But I ain't, I ain't trying to do all that. I'm trying to, yeah. Because why be the dude I hate, right? Yeah. I can't beat him, join, join him. Join him. <laughs> 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 no, like for me, so the annoying thing that people do in public, for me, is like um, when they got no consideration for others when they're walking through a parking lot or a store, that fucking drives me nuts. Oh, like like say that they're walking like to or from their car? Yeah. And then they're just kind of They're just Sunday walking strolling right down right the middle. Right in front of you. And you're either like coming towards them or you're behind them. And they just continue to walk right down the middle. I'm like, what the fuck? And like, I'm, I won't honk my horn or anything, but I'll get right behind them. And they still like, 
Then they turn around and like, oh, and then they like move over. Yeah. Like in the first place, like I wouldn't even ever fucking do that. I always walk like right next to the cars that are parked to be more considerate. And then when I'm in the stores, like I'm always like kind of looking around, you know, keeping uh, my head on a swivel for other people. Yeah. But like, man, some people are just like, like we'll stop right in the middle of an aisle and start visiting with somebody and block it all up and shit. You know, and I'm just like, what the hell, man? It's like, yo, we got technology, man. You guys can do a virtual call. You can call each other on the phone. You can text each other. You can FaceTime each other. Why the hell are you staying right here in the middle and blocking everybody and just continuing your conversation? Like, what the fuck is that? That's um. I've counted that. like six, seven curse words here, dude, in that. the first <laughs> twenty minutes. <laughs> Let's sing a song. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody no frustrated. <laughs> that that question really Gonna struck a chord on all of us. Let me sing a gospel. Cussing around. <laughs> but other than that, I had a pretty good week. <laughs> other than your shitty parking job, I had a pretty good week. <laughs> Traffic, man. <laughs> people. I know. People. Man. Some people. All these mother people. Some people's kids. <laughs> nah, man, I think we're warmed up. You guys feel warmed up? <laughs> yes. Good. All right, Adley Jr., are you warmed up? Are you ready to go? Yeah. You ready to do this shit? <laughs> <laughs> All right, then, while DJ, if you're ready, why don't you hit me with that beat? Yo, let's get into our topic. Yo, let's get into our topic. All right, all right, all right, all right. We're here at Unspoken Words, episode 162. We got Adley Falls Down Jr. in the house, a.k.a. Championship. And tonight, he has a special end time message. He's Yo. kidding. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, No, we're going to... Champ here is going to jump into the hot seat, and we're going to ask him some questions. Get him going on his story. So with that, I'm going to throw it over to your favorite Indian. Take it away. Hey. Okay, so <clears throat> where were you on the night of November? <laughs> <laughs> Tell oh, us no. about Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> <laughs> did you or did you not? <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> No, uh, hey man, first of all, thanks for coming in, man. It's, it's, uh, we're really glad to have you. Um, but yeah, you, I mean, like, you know, just, just give us a little rundown of who you are, where you're from, you know, where you grew up, all that good stuff. Well, my name is uh, Chant Falls Down. Um, I have three three daughters and been have been married for, oh man, 13 years. 13, been, okay. been with her for 20. And uh, uh-huh. born, born and raised in Pryor, Montana. I uh, just moved back from, um, moved out to Bemidji, Minnesota three years ago. Just got back a couple, we- couple weeks ago. So, but um, I had a good childhood growing up, you know. I had both parents in my life. Um, I had a, one sibling that's 13 years older than I was. So, basically, I was like the only child. Yeah. You know, because she was, by the time I remember, she, she was married and, you know, had her own family, and you know, my mom and dad didn't drink. You know, and they were strict. 
you know, yeah. all the way to, you know, I had a curfew, everything, and, you know, until my senior year, you know, I'm, I mean, through all my high school years, I always heard about parties and, you know, whatnot, but, you know, I didn't, I couldn't go anywhere. I had to be home by 9, 10 o'clock, you know, so, but when I, <clears throat> when I was a senior, you know, I had my own car and kind of had a little freedom, Yeah. but, you know, it was, and then I started uh, drinking, you know, I was, my first, my first choice was alcohol. I started drinking and. You know, it was all right, you know, I think, I think it was prom, was my first drink then, uh-huh. and then from there, and then, you know, I got a college scholarship after that, and, you know, first year, I mean, first semester went really good, and then second semester, you know, that's when it kind of, um, alcohol kind of picked up, and I started, you know, drinking, you know, almost, man, on weekends, started off on weekends, yeah. and then, you know, go to class during the week, and. And then after that, and then, you know, school got out and, you know, still, you know, weekends, you know, alcohol was my first choice. So, you know, go to parties and, you know, with my buddies and we just, you know, go to their dorm or whatnot and, you know, just drink. And then then from there it kind of progressed. And then I think, and then I met my wife and then, you know, kind of, you know, I thought it would kind of change, but it it didn't, you know, and then it started, you know, drinking and then started drinking every day, kind of, you know, and it's like, oh, it's all right, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not that bad, you yeah, know, yeah. kind of that mentality, and, you know, and then, and then I found out, and, you know, she was pregnant, and, then, you know, I was like, man, you know what, I need to settle down now, but, man, I didn't, and then just kind of, alcohol kind of got a hold of me, and, you know, I started, you know, good, I was working and stuff, so, to support, you know, my my family, and, but you know, I would take off and you know just go to the bar and you know drink, and I did that till about 2007, and then you know my wife was like, you know, you should go to treatment. So and I went to treatment in uh, I think it was Cody, Cody, Wyoming. Uh-huh. I I did 30 days there, and you know when I got out, you know I thought it would be better, but you know, but being in that treatment. Now, looking back, you know, I just wanted to get out of there. And now that, you know, now I'm 40, you know, kind of look back and, you know, I just wanted to get out of that treatment, you know, just do what I was supposed to do to get out. <laughs> so did that and, you know, and then years went by. I think I went probably about three months sober and then I started drinking again. And then, you know, just mostly it was drinking at the casinos. You know, oh, you got that. Um, you know, you play a five and <laughs> just have, you know, get, those beers, yeah. get that free beer. You know, I started doing that. Then, you know, pretty soon it wasn't about parties anymore. It was just about drinking. You know, I was oh, drinking by myself at the casinos or you know everything like that. And you no, know, and I started you know gaining weight from it. Yeah. And man, it was bad. And then I think I went in a ditch a few times you know total a couple vehicles oh, and, driving okay yeah and i got a dui back in my first dui 2004 and you know that didn't stop me you know my dad just ended up you know giving me another car and because you know my my um my daughter was born by then and so you know and then and then pretty soon she got tired of it and I think it was 2000, 
10, you know, I drank all the way till then. And then it was just, you know, pretty much same thing on weekends, just partying and go for three, four days and then sober up and then we can come and then do it again. That was just, you know, my routine. Yeah. And then when 2010 came, my wife was like, you know what? She said, I can't do this anymore. You know, with my daughter, I think she was um, three at that time. And she's like, I'm done. And she just left and she got her own place and. You know, she had not, She didn't want nothing to do with me because of, you know, my drinking. And, but, you know, I got, I got to see my daughter, you know, whenever I wanted. I had her on weekends or, you know, whatnot, or, you know, sometimes, you know, my mom and dad would bring her, but, you know, man, I'd still go, you know, come back and, you know, but I, I need to quit. I need to quit, but, you know, nothing. And then finally, I think it was to about mid of 2010, 11, it was, um, I was borderline diabetic because mm. I was, you know, I was really overweight mm. and I was like, man, you know what, it's time to quit and, you know, get my life together and, you know, and I started doing that on my own, you know, I started, you know, praying and, <clears throat> you know, praying helped me a lot through those times, you know, I was missing my family, but you know what, I was working hard to try to, you know, bring that family back together and <clears throat> we, uh, I, um, then I started, you know, just working out and, you know, just keep myself busy. You know, I was working, I had a good job, and and we, uh, I, I started, you know, just doing, you know, all these fun runs and, you know, just keep myself busy, you know, get my daughter on weekends and, you know, but, you know, I quit drinking. And I think it was mid-2011 and, you know, I've been sober for, year and a half I quit drinking and and then um and then I had a toothache and then I went you know to prior clinic and they took they had me scheduled for surgery for take out my wisdoms and they took out fours that same and one day and, and they prescribed me oxys uh-huh. and then I started doing oxys and and then you know I just take them I was prescribed you know and then about three months later and then I was training for a marathon because I was in shape at that time and and then I tore my meniscus and then I had um then I had certain uh orthoscopic surgery at the time and then after the surgery then they and then by that time I was back with my family and my daughter and and then they prescribed me um hydrocodones at the time and then I started taking them and as prescribed and then, and then um, later on, you know, I would go to a doctor, and then I, I didn't know at the time, but I was like, can I get a refill? You know, because that hydrocodone, you know, hit, hit, you know, when that first time that taking it, you know, yeah. it really hit. And then, so I started, I went to the doctor, and, you know, he gave me a refill, and, you know, and then I started, you know, took six months off like he asked me to, because, you know, to heal. And, and then I started training again, and then, and same thing happened, you know. I toured again, and same then just spot, yeah, huh? and then just all over again. And I started getting into pills, and I didn't, and she didn't know about it for a long time. And I was working at um, in Billings here, and here um, one of my coworkers had it, you know, and she started giving it to me for free. 
and and at the time and it's like I was just taking them at you know just orally I should say and then yeah <laughs> <laughs> kinky and then <laughs> and then so you know I was there um I started you know and then I think this happened I mean this the same pro- it progressed for Three four years, yeah. I want to say, and then I started, you know, hanging out with people that were were doing it, and but I I wasn't drinking, you know. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, I'm just doing pills, you know. I put alcohol down, and I went into another addiction, yeah. And then I, and then I started, you know, getting money out, and because at the time her and I were both working, and I was getting credit cards on the side, and that she didn't know about. Okay. And I started getting these loans, started getting money out. Man, I spent a lot, you know, buying pills. And I started, you know, snorting them. Uh-huh. And then that's, man, that went to another level there. And then I started, you know, especially, you know, you had the connection at work, you know. It's like, you know, just giving them to me. And, you know, but then at the time, too, I was, you know, buying and, you know, and, and then I started meeting new people and, Start getting introduced to different, you know, users, and um, I think it was one of um, his connection was, you know, here in Billings, and he um, he told me he said, you know, he said you need to settle down. He said because if you don't, he said you're gonna get into something deeper. And I said, no, I'm I'm not, you know, I I can quit. And I think the first very first time. I had withdrawals from opiates was when they sent me to Denver for work and I took my family down and tell this day, you know, we still talk about that because it was, it was a horrible trip because, you know, I went down there with, with nothing and I didn't know anything about withdrawals at the time. And we were there for four days, I think. And I was up three nights, just cold sweats, you know, and just, anxieties everything mm. you know that withdrawal was oh man it, it was you know but coming back you know i started feeling better and i was like man you know what it, it's time to quit and got back and but i was doing it because you know because i lost a lot of weight because i was overweight at the time mm. and you know i like running at the time and i was like man i don't want to you know i want to keep going running and so what do i do i go and you know, go find, because I know where where it was at. Yeah. You know, I had like five, six people that I knew. And I started going, and, you know, at the same time, I was maxing out these credit cards and bumping up my loans, you know. And, man, I was just getting money out like crazy at the bank. Mm. And, you know, they would loan it to me. And so, excuse me. Um, so I started, and then 2013 came, and my second daughter was born. And I was like, man, you know what? I, you know what? It's time to quit, you know, because I was kind of tapered off from that trip. Yeah. But no, I just went and looked for it. I found it and started doing it just every day. Just come home, you know, like nothing. And then finally, 2000, I mean, that was just everyday thing. You know, I was doing pills every day, if not every other day. But I didn't want to go more than two days because I knew what it did. Mm-hmm. And 2016 came and it was getting harder to find or it was getting more expensive, you know, cause prices were doubling at the time. And this guy, I know 
he, that I bought from, and he was selling other stuff. And he, I said, hey, you know, I asked him if he had anything, and he said, no, I just have this, and he was talking about meth. And he said, he said, but if I were you, he said, I wouldn't touch it because the way you're doing pills, he said, you can't do it with this. He said, because this is going to take you to a different world. And I said, and I said, you know what? I said, right now I don't care because I know what it feels like to withdraw from opiates. And that very first time, he did a little small line. And, man, it was like, it, was, it just took that pain away. And then after that, man, I kept going, going, going to him. And then finally, and then he's, and then I started getting rid of, you know, my, my watch that my wife bought me. And I got rid of, you know, saddle that my dad bought me. You know, I started getting rid of stuff, my gun, everything for, for meth. Yeah. And, and I started doing it every day. And I was still going to work. But there was a time, you know, I did this for, I think in meth for like, Six, seven months, you know, and I started doing, and then when and then I started, I wouldn't take it inside, you know, because I had my daughters with me, but, you know, and, and then I started missing work. Man, I was gone probably week, two weeks at a time, and I was, you know, I was working here in Billings, and here one day when, um, was that one day when I came home, um, my wife found a, a straw that I snorted with, but I didn't know, and but my oldest grabbed it, and luckily she, she caught her in time because if she didn't, she probably would have put it in her mouth or something. Mm. But and then from there, then they called the cops, and this whole time I never knew that you know <laughs> probably <laughs> the best thing though because I was getting out of hand because I wasn't mm. coming home, I was staying in a pickup or. I was staying at a friend's, but, you know, this whole time I was, you know, making my family suffer. I didn't know that at the time. Yeah. And, you know, now looking back, you know, I put them through a lot. And, you know, they never gave up on me. But when I came home one day and here, man, I was only home for like 10 minutes. And here the cops came and they just took me to jail. Mm. And I was in, I think I, they took me to Lame Deer. I was in Lame Deer for two months. Oh, no, they, I was in Lame Deer for a week, and then they took me to Browning. And I was in Browning for, <laughs> like, a month and a half. So, a total of Ooh. two months. Yeah. And then from there, uh, Crow Recovery came after me to Browning. And then they took me straight to Sheridan. And then I did an additional two months in Sheridan. And then, so I was gone for four months. But, you know, when I got out, coming, you know, like, you know, I was like, all right, you know, I get to see my kids, you know, this. And I called her, and she was like, no, you're not going to see them. Mm. because, you know, you don't know what you caused. And, you know, I was mad and I was hurt, but, you know, now looking back, that was the best thing probably at the time because, you know, because they didn't deserve to see me. Yep. And, you know, and mm. now that I know. And and so I did, I finished everything. You know, things were going good and, you know, we were we were doing okay, you know. And, and then, but I was jobless. Mm. And, man, I had, you know, she, I bought her vehicle and I had a vehicle and, you know, everything was taken away just like that. And I had nothing but my family. And, you know, I was like, man, you know, all that work, you know, just went to nothing, man. Mm. And, you know, I was doing good for a little bit. Then spring came. I think it was like six months. I was doing okay. Then I I slipped. 
and I started doing meth again. And, you know, I was just, my mind, man, I missed that life, you know. But at the same time, no, man, I was, you know, my kids, you know, they were mm. just, they, they just didn't want me to go anywhere. But that didn't stop me. Yeah. And still went. And, you know, and pretty soon, you know, just make up a lie and just go and, you know, not come back. And finally she was just like, you know what, you know, this is what you want. You know, we're done. And so, you know, from there I was like, man, you know what, I, I do need to straighten up. And but you know I was trying to feel sorry for myself because I didn't I didn't have a job I couldn't provide mm. and and I, I I had a lot of time thinking you know all those choices and when then two thousand and then from there I kind of just you know just settled down a little bit and then cause, but I wanted to get back to work so fast without you know now that I didn't want to heal I just wanted to work. Mm. And 2017 came, and then I got a job down in Arizona. And I was like, man, I'm going to make this right, you know, back into the government. And, you know, I had a good job down there. And then I I had a roommate. They were from Oklahoma, and I only lived an hour from Vegas. But, man, every night, my roommates, they had a bottle. Mm. And what do I do? And when... And my and when I was drinking, all I would drink was beer because I couldn't do hard liquor. But you know, trauma out. yeah, <laughs> I had a bunch of trauma. <laughs> but yeah, because I didn't, I didn't touch liquor because I did one time, and you know, I re, I regretted. I hit my dad at the time, and so like I always did beer, and but they just had liquor, and they just always had uh, Jose, yeah. and man, I was drinking Jose like water. You know, and it was crazy, man. They had drinks every night. I think we drank almost every night in Arizona. And then finally I I came home for Christmas, and I was hiding everything from her. Didn't let her know because she wasn't back in here. Mm. And on the way back from Christmas, I came down. <clears throat> I came back, and I dropped her off at Wyola, and I started coming, and I got into almost to Utah, I think. And then I stopped at Man, you know, in my mind, I was like, no, you better not, you know. But I was like, man, no, I'm just going to get a little pint, you know. <laughs> and then I got a pint. You bought a lot I got a, you know, I, we only had one car at the time because the other car was repoed. Yeah. Mm. And so I got a pint at Wyoming, uh, Utah, you know, that Rock Springs area. So I got a pint of Picardi, and I just drank that up like nothing. Mm. And, you know, and ended up. Right outside Provo, man, I went off the interstate. And here my whole front side was bashed in. And I didn't know. And someone must have reported me. I had a highway patrol waiting for me in uh, Cedar City, Utah. And they had to pull me over. And I was in jail for four or four days. Dang. And I called and I called her right away. And I said, you know what, you guys, just don't worry about it. I said, I'll get out of this. And, you know, and I had a job at Arizona. Yeah. And four days came and you know my dad came came to the rescue and got me out and went back to montana and i went and came and got these guys and we went back to arizona again and but at the but i never knew this because i was you know i was blanked out previous but i guess the neighbor and i got into it and i guess i drummed out on him Mm. and his mom works for i worked with her mom worked with his mom and she reported she was gonna do a um 
a restraining order or something. Hmm. And so my boss was like, you know what? You, you know, you were gone for four days. He's like, you know, there's nothing. You're probably going to have to resign. Man. So I resigned and we came home. And then I was out of a job again. Hmm. But, you know, that was been through some tough times. And, mm-hmm. you know, and now, you know, we're finally, you know, back together. And, you know, we're doing good. I gave my life to God and, you know, everything's working out, you know, being blessed. And, you know, I got a 17-year-old too, so a 10 and a 6. Awesome. Um, No, like, you know, thank you uh, for sharing your story. And and I didn't know that, you know, like I didn't know that that was going on. But, like, when was it that you finally realized, like, enough was enough? Um, Probably my wife when, when she said, hey, you know what? You know what, if this is what you want, because at the time she was getting help and I didn't know. And she, we sat down together and she said, you know what, let's sit down like two adults. And she said, if this is what you want to do, she said, go ahead. Well, respect that. But if you want to be here, you need to be a dad because you need to let your girl see the good side in you and that caring person that you were. Mm. And so, and then I started seeking help. Yeah. And you know that, you know, I ran to you a few times and, yeah. you know, a couple others. So. Yeah, no. Um, so, <clears throat> um, made that turning point, like got tired of sick and tired of being sick and tired. Uh, definitely see that in the story. Um, <clears throat> and then, so you started getting help. What initially when you first started like walking the red road, being in recovery, like what? What really helped you? Like what? What kind of? What was the motivation there? Motivation was probably my family. Yeah, you know, keeping that together, and you know, um, just what see, you know, what God has for us, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the future. And because you know, losing everything, you know, I don't want to go back to that road. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, when you know, I, at first, first part of recovery, I went, you know, AA meetings. Yeah. And then I started talking to, you know, my pastor and, you know, that helped me out a lot. And, you know, Sweat Lodge. The Naked Believers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no other way. <laughs> so I know, like, me and you have talked over the past couple of years. It's been about two years yeah. since we started talking. And, um, yeah, I know that you t- reached out to me and, then, like, through those, I guess, the past three years you've been looking going to a counselor right oh yeah yeah continuously yeah. like and then did they really like like did they take you through the 12 steps and like how did that look what was your what was that continuous well um i got introduced to the 12 step at sheridan and right. the, the red road yeah and i started i think i got up to like six mm-hmm. and then after that you know and just started really um then i went into um mat program here Billings. Oh yeah, yeah, and then when I went to um, Minnesota, I still continued that mat program. And then I had a counselor there. She luckily she was from Browning, mm-hmm. and she was up there. She was really helping me. She was, you know, um, they would have ceremonies and stuff in, in those group meetings. Yeah. yeah. So you know, kind of, they really didn't get into the steps though. It was just yeah. more of the the healing. Yeah. Yeah. And the guy come around, you know, smudge, and you know, he'll talk about he'll talk about the twelve step program. Yeah. But I really. Kept, I kept in touch with my pastor like on on a daily basis. 
mm. you know, like, hey, I'm feeling like this, you know, or, you know, I need help. Because a lot of it, you know, it, we weren't taught how to be fathers or husbands, you know, and yeah. when that, how to handle that pressure. Because when pressure came, that's when I run to, mm. to get high or to get drunk. Yeah. So that, that helped me a lot, yeah. reaching out to a pastor. Yeah, so they really walked with you. Yeah. Yeah, somebody, awesome. somebody to stay accountable to. Yeah, and I know that's really helpful. That's something that helps me in my walk on the red road. Initially, like like those first couple of years, learning that you know, being mm-hmm. able to be vulnerable and um, stay accountable to somebody, and then even now, you know, I still got those accountability people in my life that I continue to stay um, transparent with, <clears throat> and they check on me too. Um, so that's good that got that going definitely keep that going um so now you got three years um like what's working for you to like stay sober stay in recovery communicating with my wife man she's been a big help in this sobriety like before you know because you know she got help you know and so now i can like if i feel like if i feel like using or anything you know i can talk to her you know she's my best friend Mm. and she's she's really supportive you know, yeah. like before when she didn't know, you know, it's like, you know, fights happen when, you know, I'm sure, hey, I feel like drinking or, you know, but yeah. now it's not even like that. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. Yeah, so no. what do what do you think made that switch? Like from say like, you know, because we always kept secrets, especially from our significant others. Right. Because we know what the what the consequences will be. Uh, you got to go. Right. Like, I mean, we've all experienced that, but. Like, what do you think made helped you make that switch from okay, I'm gonna keep this a secret to now today you can go and say, hey, I feel like using. Made that switch was probably you know no more secrets. Yeah, I just didn't want more secrets like come in and yeah. feel that doubt or like you know what I mean. You're kind of almost making yourself anxious. Yeah, for, like you're yep. doing it to yourself, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I just laid out everything to her, and you know, even ten years later, you know, it still you know was truthful. Mm-hmm. About it. I mean, she can ask me anything. I'm truthful, mm-hmm. and just didn't want any more secrets because that was the main thing was yeah. keeping those secrets. Yeah, just like getting tired of lying. Yeah, yeah, no, that's for me too. You know, like with my wife, you know, I know I can tell her anything, you know, and like work it out and just talk it out or whatever, you know. So that's that's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. No, that's amazing, man. It, it's really awesome to see your journey. And really see like where you know like where you started, and then like going through that turbulent period, mm-hmm. but also like on the other side, like I think that's really the uh, the most powerful thing is 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 to power, <laughs> power, wonder working power in the blood, in the blood of the land, of the land, hey. in the precious blood of the land. Hey, hey. you tambourine! I need to get this man a tambourine. <laughs> I finally got one. I got one. Heck yeah. No, but I think that's amazing because that really shows the true testament of marriage, right? Like somebody that's willing to stick by you through those tough times, but also like loving you enough to tell you like the truth and then you loving her enough to be like, man, like this is what I'm struggling with because we don't see that in our society. Like we see a lot of men being too prideful, right? Mm -hmm. But like to see you like stick with that unit. And then become the man that you are today, bro. Like, man, like, that's amazing, bro. Like, we need more men like that in our community. And I think it's, it speaks to the testament of your character, like who you are. You know, like your name, like, I, I, I know, like, 
it's champ, but it's really significant, right? Like overcoming the odds, everything that was placed against you, everything that you put yourself in, but also being accountable to your actions. And then like being like, like where you're at today, bro. Like it, it kind of, it, man, it hits yeah. here, bro. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's such a powerful journey, man. And I'm proud of you. Like I'm, I'm just super proud of you, man. As your friend, you know, Thank you. and it, and it, you know, another thing that we need to, get out there too is like it's a testament to your strength mm. right we do we all, because we say this all, all the time you know um vulnerability people think that's a weakness but it's it's easy to go around and lie it's easy to lie because we're protecting our our addictions so we want to lie we want to protect that addiction but it's hard for a man to go and tell his wife say hey I don't, i'm not good right now mm. that yeah. takes a lot of strength yeah. for real yeah. you know because we, 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 we like you said we weren't taught things like that yep we were taught to hold them in. We were taught to, you know, maybe uh, white knuckle it, gut it out, be a man. Yeah. We're taught you know? to bajela girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 to be that kind of man who can go to your spouse and say, "Hey, I'm not doing good," and then you know, you, and man, that's that that takes a lot of strength. <clears throat> that's that's true strength right there. Heck yeah, Thank definitely. You. And I know I'm proud of you, brother, because I know. Um, uh, we grew up together and everything, and I kind of knew part of your story. And then we, um, I reached out to you, and you said, man, I'm sober doing this and that, man. That was cool. And you're like, hey, I've been listening to your podcast. And I was like, that's awesome, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> so I'm definitely proud of you. Thank you. Um, I got one more question, and it's like, <clears throat> so you said you're part, you did the MAT program. Uh, you want to kind of explain that for like our listeners that don't know what that is? Well, MAT program is for you know people that have been through uh, opiate addiction. And, you know, they, you go in for, um, they put you on a prescription called Suboxin mm-hmm. and been doing it for two years now, going on three. And so probably go in about every other month. So now it's, you know, it helped me. Yeah. So, you know, it helps you keep focus. Yeah. Especially, you know, moving back, mm-hmm. you know, so kind of getting. Is it just the prescription or do they give you like some kind of counseling or therapy um they do they they give you counseling um and then they put you into that's how i got into that um to my counselor over there okay. they they do put you in and then they require you to to go to a uh, aa meeting or mm-hmm. na yeah so it's it's not just a prescription it's a yeah. whole program yeah. then yeah okay okay Right on, right on. So there's definitely like accountability. They don't just hand you a box and be like, "All right, see no, you next good. month." Yeah. <laughs> you, you definitely got to have like skin in the game. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, awesome. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, do you guys have any more questions? Oh man, uh, that was you told that a good was story. good. Oh, that was good. Uh, yeah, I was right there with you. Yeah, on some of those stories, you left me out of the story. Yeah. So uh, who? <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I got one question. <laughs> Who won that race to the top of Snake, <laughs> Snake Road? Society. It was a tie. It was a tie. Were you, were you running up or were you running down? <laughs> we're running backwards. <laughs> running backwards down. Everybody's doing it. We're going streaking up Snake Road. <laughs> she didn't even go up there with anybody. <laughs> just by herself anyway. <laughs> She's doing Bigfoot. Oh. <laughs> running up there. No, um, so I, this is the part of, like where I like to just give you the floor. You're off the hot seat. What is um, <clears throat> what is something that you know you would tell 
you know, say somebody's listening, they're just now new to recovery or they're even like they're going in and out kind of like how you were. Um, what is some advice that you give that person? Find someone that they can trust that they can talk to, you know, it could be anybody. Cause you know, that's what I did. You know, no. I, I reached out to my pastor or, you know, my wife. So if, if, if they're with, if they're married, you know, you know try to communicate with their wife and, you know, got to humble yourself. Mm. Oh. Really communicate. It's a big step. Yeah. You got to have that humility. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna, yeah. Go ahead. Humility, like me. Yeah. When you look in the dictionary, you see a picture of us by humility. <laughs> by humblest. <laughs> by humblest. <laughs> by humbleness. <laughs> All right, is there any questions you want to ask us? I know you're, like you say, you've been listening to us the first time on the, on the pod, not the last, but how's it feel to be on the pod after listening to us for so long? It's good. I've been listening to you guys for you know the last two years. No, ever since I've been introduced uh, oh. to it, and uh-huh. you know I couldn't wait till that Friday. You know when you uh. post that you know the new podcast, and I would sit at work and just listen to it. Right on. And even when we're traveling, I got the family into it now. So <laughs> oh, boys, even our cussing, huh? <laughs> Maybe it is a family show. <laughs> it's a family show. <laughs> Say, sorry, uh, sorry about that. Uh, sorry about our cussing. <laughs> Oh man, thank you because a lot of the like a lot of times I know you would text or, or you know, yeah. shoot a message like, Hey, that was a good one last night. Thank you. I really need that. Yeah. Because you don't really realize like, man, like it it's encouraging to us. You know, so thank you. Uh who do you have any questions for us? Oh. No. Right on. Um <clears throat> so yeah, no, appreciate you, man, sharing your story. That's definitely something not easy to do. You know, I know that um even sometimes now, man, it's like kind of get nervous and when you're going to tell your story you know so man i appreciate you coming in and talking and sharing your experience strength and hope man oh gosh you left and and the, and the cool thing about that is is you know um how you were you you say that oh yeah i really needed that i i enjoyed your podcast now people are going to listen to your story and they're going to say the same thing about that yeah. they're going to be able to say man i, I listened to champ's story and it, 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 it really resonated with me i needed that so, you know, it's it's good to have you on. Thank you for being here. Thank you for, you know, sharing all that with us cuz like you said, you know, it's it, it's hard. It's a it's a tough thing to do, but the more that we do it, the less power that it has over us. Mm-hmm. Power. Power. Ah, shit. Wonderworking <laughs> power in the blood. In the blood. Of the lamb. Of the lamb. Uh-huh. You can't beat them, join them. <laughs> <laughs> the precious blood. Of the lamb. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right, we need to get this man a tambourine. For yeah, we do. Man. Every time I say that word, these guys always just pop off. Right? <laughs> so, do you, do you guys sing with us when we start singing? Oh yeah, <laughs> you, you, you've been listening. I don't even have to explain it to you, man. <laughs> and for the longest time, they could say that word anytime they wanted to. But I never got no. Uh, start slapping his knee <laughs> in his cubicle. <laughs> Start singing along too. Oh, Start praising. Start praising. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> oh, I better rewind that. <laughs> right on, right on. No man. Hey, we're here, you know. Um it's good to have you back in Bellins and uh and Crow Country. Oh yeah, no, um so hey, just know that we got your back. Um you can come back anytime you want. Um we'll have you back definitely, not as a not as a guest, but as a co-host. All right. 
Yeah. Co host, just honor. jump right in. You yeah. Won't, won't ask you none of those hard questions. Yeah, not anymore. But uh, hey, hit me with some air horns. I'm going to switch the mood here. Hit you with the air horns. Go. All right, cool. Hey, uh, he's got to go. Um, thank you, Adley Falls Down Jr., aka Championship, for coming in. I hope. Yeah. Oh. <clears throat> so, um, what are you guys thinking about as far as. um? Like uh, NBA man, what's going on? What have you guys been watching in games? Mm, not really. I mean, like, like, like the winter, winter part of it. I, it's all right. Like, I'll watch them. I've been watching a lot of college ball more than anything. Just I don't know. Probably because it's like I don't go looking for games, but if I see one on, I'll check it out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I was watching uh, obviously Arizona. Yeah. They're right. Oh, I think they're two number two now. Oh, are they? And they play Purdue on the tenth, I think. Okay. Nice. So one and two. Wow. Yeah, I haven't even really paid attention to college basketball yet. Me neither. Uh, you never pay attention <laughs> to college basketball. <laughs> just MSUB. Yeah. Oh yeah, just MSUB. <laughs> no, they're good, man. I was I was pretty impressed with that game when I went to a few, couple weeks ago, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. That was nice. I mean, they got got some shooters. Oh, yeah. They got some high risers. I was like, what, man? This is like that a yellow legit jacket? team. Yeah. Yellow jackets. I was like, man, I'm definitely going to come sure. back and catch a couple more games here during yeah. the season. Did um, you guys, did you catch the, you were talking about pro basketball. Did you catch the Warriors and Kings game the other night? Yeah, yeah, I caught the end. Oh. Dude, the Kings came back. <laughs> I know there was like, what, 32 seconds left and the Kings were down by four. Yeah. I was like, man, this ain't over. Yeah. I was like, this ain't over, especially that that guard. I can't remember his name for the Kings, the, their main guard. Yeah, what's his? I can't remember his name. Do you know? Darren Fox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fox, Fox. Because he's walking around, he's like had some swagger, and he's kind of like barking and kind of pissed off. Yeah, towards the end of the game, and I was like, oh man, this guy's gonna go off. <laughs> sure enough, nah, he busted the three. They stole the ball, yeah, and they took the lead. I was like, oh snap. <laughs> Dog, man, I freaking, yeah, the third quarter, they were down by, like, I think it was 20 at the time, 16, 18, something like that. it was double digits. Yeah, bro, it was far, and then I go, whoa, this is a good time to go to bed. I kind of, like, God, they're not going to do nothing, you know? Yeah, yeah. And um, (laughs) I woke up, and I freaking went back, because the TV was on the living room. I went to turn it off, and there was, like, that's when he was dribbling that, you know, on the wing, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and then, like, dog, he he hit that shot. I was like, ah! You know? <laughs> like, all right, I'm going to bed. Yeah, all right, good night, <laughs> good night, folks. Yeah, that was exciting, man. Yeah, that was definitely good. Um, yeah, I just um, I haven't really caught any other games. I was like, the only game I really watched was that one. Is it so with the courts? I noticed that the courts are all, but the, like, all colorful. Is that because of that in yeah, season yeah, tournament? They, 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 they tournament. only use those when they're playing those in season tournament games. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was wondering. I was like, "Well, oh, that's cool. I hope they keep that, but probably not." Then I don't know. Yeah. It's a little busy for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it kind of it's different. It's like uh, watching was it Boise State? Yeah, yeah they yeah, play yeah. on that blue field. Yeah, like yeah, I yeah. just they just disconnect from that. I can't. You can't do it. Yeah, do you it. need that hardwood, that brown yeah. tannish. Yeah. I mean, you know. I, <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> Need that hardwood. Yeah. You know what they play on. What they play on. Man. See that? Now you know how I feel. Like man, can't even say balls or something. Say nothing. <laughs> <And> squirt. 
Moving right along. <laughs> family show. <laughs> it's a family show. <laughs> but yeah, like you know, I, I like you know the um when they did the medicine wheel on Phoenix Court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things like that. But when they do the whole thing like that color or different colors, it's like it's hard to watch. Yeah, it almost seems like not legit. I don't know because like the WNBA has some of their courts like that. Yeah, and it's kind of like. Yeah, what you said, that's kind of hard to watch. It's, like, almost not legit. Like, oh, also, um, like they got the ABA-looking ball, too. Oh, they've been using that? No, no. Oh, hey, for, no. The, for the in-season tournament? No, 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 like the um, oh the WNBA, WNBA has that orange-white oh, yeah. one. Yeah, 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 it kind of yeah. reminds me of the ABA, oh, yeah. that red, white, and blue one. Yeah, See, yeah. like, that one, I was, like, it's like you're trying to watch the Harlem <laughs> Globetrotters or whatever. Oh, yeah, true, true. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Like some of those WNBA teams had like those real colorful courts, and I was just kind of. I watched it and I enjoyed the game, but it was kind of like it didn't seem legit. Kind of looks generic a little bit, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like they're trying to do too much. Yeah, like yeah, no, I, I feel say that's just exactly what I was gonna say. Like they're trying too hard. Yeah, like yeah. with this in-season basketball courts, I'm kind of like, yeah, yeah. Like, but the one court I really do like, Brooklyn was using it last year. Um it's all gray. That gray that one? That looks cool. That man. one looks weird, bro. That looks yeah. tight. It almost, it, it looks like a green screen. Like It almost looks like Boston. Remember when they had that park? How do you say parquet? Parquet, parquet yeah. Mm. Kind of like that, but in the gray version. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'm not, I mean, it kind of took a while to understand the, the in-season tournament, but then like the more that I started reading about it, they're like, they're playing for like a half a million. Yeah. So, like, whoever wins, like, that's why it's so competitive. And I think, like, for me personally, like, I'm not really, I don't really know too much about it. But just from, like, looking at it, the NBA does kind of get boring at, like, 82 games. You know what I mean? Not yeah, not yeah. boring because, like, I think, like, for me, like, I never want to show up to a game and then not see one of the stars play. True. true, true, true. You know? So, like, to see them being this competitive this early, yeah, I'm like, dog, I kind of mess with it. And, yeah. and, and see, that that's always been the thing, like, early on, like, First couple games in the, at the beginning of the season, yeah, like they're they're rare and they're ready to go. And they're play, they're you know they're balling out, but then as time goes on, like kind of you know December January, yeah. it just kind of peters out, and it seems like you know they could care less, yeah, you know, as long as you make it to the playoffs or whatever. Like, but you know, like you get these these teams, like say back, um, what was it, Golden State, a couple of years ago when they broke the record, yeah, yeah, like I mean, you know, they, they're they're playing. Yeah. But it seems like a lot of times it's like you take a night off. Yeah. And like, right. I don't want to see that. Yeah. I True. don't want to watch that kind of, you know, um, that because he, uh, like, I, maybe it's because I like watching from the old school, like, 80s and 90s ball. Yeah. Like, those guys would just go hard every night. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that's back when they'd scrap it out in the middle of the game and yeah. it was nothing. Hard fouls. But, man, they could scrap it out. They call timeout. Maybe a technical here and there, but then they would all get back on the court and start playing again. Yeah, that's weird. I mean, like today, like they got. What do you guys think about the whole referee? Three. Sorry, I didn't. Mean oh, no, 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 no. Go ahead. Like the the um. So you were talking about refs, and my mind just went there right away. But like the whole Scott Foster deal, I don't now, even know really know what's going on with him and CP three. Yeah, so what, like what's happening. So like from what I understand, they've been kind of going at it since back in the day when Scott Foster and another referee were leaving their arena. In their car, and CP3's son was shooting basketball in the hallway. You know, like playing basketball against the wall or something? Yeah. And they were sitting there, and rather than, like, be nice, like Scott Foster was being an a-hole and freaking, like, honking on his horn, cussing the kid out. 
something like that, you know? Dang. Like, get the F out of here. Like, wasn't even, like, cordial about it. Yeah. So CP3 the whole time been sticking up for his son, and then it's been going back and forth. Yeah. And then after the 17th loss, I believe, that Scott Foster, like, you know, refereed. Yeah. He approached CP3 and he goes, how does it feel to be 17, uh, own 17 against me? Like, on the court, bro. Oh, dang. Yeah. Like, how do you feel, like, to go 0-17 against me? Like, bro, like, on the court, like, antagonizing CP3. Dang. And then, I don't know, especially, like, in the heated battle like that and your emotions are high. I don't know if I would have restrained myself. Yeah. You know? So that's, like, a huge amount of professionalism for CP3. Mm-hmm. But also, Scott Foster is associated with Tim Donahue, the guy that freaking the disgraced referee that was betting on games. And a lot of those games, guess who Tim Donahue was calling? Scott Foster, bro. Dang. Like documented, bro, in court that he was freaking, that's who he was calling right after those games. So what's going on with this Foster dude then? I mean, a lot of people just, want him out of the league now. A so lot of nothing. the players. So basically nothing. He's yeah. not being yeah. investigated. He's not being suspended. Because nothing. it because the NBA is trying to shift their image, bro. Like they're a billion dollar company. They're going up for new uh, endorsement deals now. Mm-hmm. But this whole Scott Foster deal is kind of like, and for a long period of time, like he wasn't allowed to referee any games that CP3 was in. Oh, okay. Until when was it when they lost that 3-1 lead? When in um, CP3 playing for the Suns or something when they lost that lead recently? Oh, yeah, 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 last season. Like in the finals, yeah. yeah. So he comes up, bro, and that's when he asked him, bro, like how does it feel to be 0-17 against me? Went and lost the last three after that. Dang. So there's some kind of, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, they need to get rid of this guy. Yeah. I know that there's, you know, refs out there, even just here in the Montana pools that, you know, purposefully, like, make make native teams lose. I mean, we see it. Yeah. Dog, they got to get rid of the MHSA director. For real. Um uh, He's not holding his refs accountable. Like I mean, it's it's blatant. Like last season, the Harden Bulldogs girls. We th- we talked about it on here. Yeah, you know, high school basketball is about to kick off this weekend. Uh, high, the Harden Bulldogs girls were in the state championship, and they were tearing it up, man. They came out on fire. That big man girl was like hitting girls with crossovers and make, making them do the splits. Yeah. And she came out on fire, and she was draining threes and dribble driving, getting to the hoop. And what do they do? They call quick two quick fouls on her, and get her out of the game and on the Sit bench. Her down. And then have her came back after that. Yeah, took the lead and then look back. Yeah, it starts from the top. I think accountability has to go from the director on down. Yep. You know, <sighs> it's yeah, like I'm that old. That old saying, you know, I mean, remember, I remember growing up, like, going to plenty cool games and, like, the crowd just yelling, let them play, just let them play. Yeah. And I didn't understand it at the time, but now seeing it now firsthand as an adult, like, yeah, man, just let them play. What the hell? Yeah. You know, just because they're not playing the style that you want, referee, doesn't mean you have to change the tempo so that they start playing the way you want them to play. Yeah. We ain't playing on peach with peach baskets. 
They got to mm-hmm. make it mandatory. Like if when there's a minority team, a predominantly minority team playing against a predominantly Caucasian team, they got to make it mandatory to have at least one or two of the refs be of the same. Yeah, all the refs. Yeah, because I say like, all the refs native. That's kind of like the the whole like, uh, yeah. And that boils down to the coaches. Your coaches name. If there are any coaches listening right now in Montana, you you got to vote for your ref because they go by voting. And see, that's kind of like the whole railroad thing, right? Yeah. Like, so all the coaches vote, but most of the teams are oh, not I mean, native. Yeah, yeah, true. So they get outvoted. Like, they have to do mandatory appointments, I feel like. And, true, uh, true. You know, I, I, I said this last time we were talking about this. Um, well, first of all, it's kind of a shitty thing to do to, to kids. Yeah. I mean, these are kids. Um, but at the same time, and the other thing about that with for me is, like, why would you even want to win that way? Yeah. Dog, for real, like, I, what? If, if I, if I, okay, I'm sorry. Didn't mean no, to cut you ahead, off. But if I was coaching a team and I knew that the refs were biased towards us or slanted our way, I'd walk out there and say, Hey man, we're not trying to win like this. We want to win with our talent. Yeah. We're going to win or lose by how we play exactly. the game. Exactly. That's it. I would go. I mean, I would go out there yep. and say, Hey, let them play. Let them play. Yeah. Let them like play. If, if you, if you trying to foul out their star player, no, I want to beat their star player. I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to take them out. Like yeah. I, that, that's just me though. Like, yeah, I, I just know. I don't see how people don't have that pride. Yep. I know, and it's like, if you have any integrity in the game, like, you see it that way, and that's the way it should be. Yep. It's, exactly it's like, what you said. It, and it's like, uh, you know, okay, so we're watching, say we're watching a professional team, and uh, the, their star player gets hurt, and, you know, the home crowd starts cheering, yeah, yeah, get him out. No, man, why are you doing that? Like, I would want the best players on the court so that when we win, oh, yeah. there can't be no excuses. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If we lose to their best team, then okay, to the victor goes the spoils. But if we win because of something that was slanted into our favor, I mean, provided, you know, people get hurt all the time, but the referee whole thing is, that's a whole different story. Is like, no, nah, yeah. man, I'd go out there and say, hey, you need to, nah, we don't need that. I don't yep. need that. That's why I don't vote. That's <laughs> took the words right out of my mouth, bro. Damn. That's why I stay sanctimonious. That's why I'm self righteous. <laughs> we all sanctimonious up in here. Dog, uh, yeah. I went and listened to episode 18. I was like, dang. Do we sound way different, huh? Hey, yeah, uh, it was me and this guy, and you were, that's when you went on your trip. Oh, a trip? Yeah, and we could, like, there was just a lot of room. A lot of air and opportunity. Yeah, it was the first time ever me and you were stuck in the studio, and then you were like down in uh, was it DC or where'd you go that uh, first trip? Something. I forget, man. But just a lot of we're like, yes, uh, uh so your favorite. I'm your favorite Indian, and this is Randy. <laughs> and then they're like, man, it's just yeah, crazy. I, I listened to uh, episode one probably about a month ago too. Bad. That sounds like. A- Cave rough <laughs> like oh, caveman. Like, That's what I was trying to go with. I mean, our um, our energy and all that stuff was was all right, but yeah. man, it's just you could tell we weren't put together yet. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys in the beginning that stuck with us. Yeah, yeah, thank sure. you to all those people who stuck so those, through us. 
The thin times. The yeah. sympathy listens. <laughs> <laughs> Pity listens. Pity listens. Pity listens. As I'm saying now, and then I was looking at the thing, I was like, dang, man. Yeah, so man. Man, I'm 162. Dang. I know, bro. Man, like that's now, crazy. Like, uh, sometimes I'm like, okay, I got get tired of talking. <laughs> <laughs> so, on that note, yeah, we got commissioned to um, do some yeah. work with uh, Pacific Northwest social scientists. Yes. Um, yeah. Vanessa McNeil, she's commissioned us to speak on it for some continuing education units. Um, so if there's any counselors out there listening and you need some suicide prevention uh, CEs for, before the year ends, um, ours is going to be released here pretty soon on Vanessa's platform. Be looking on our social media where we'll be posting it there. Um, <clears throat> it's getting... So it's getting fine-tuned right now, and she's also bringing in Kathy Littleleaf to put on her clinical perspective to it, and it's going to be like three CEUs for any counselor that needs those suicide prevention CEUs, CEs. Um, so she's got added to it. they just like, let me know, and I say, hey, I'm in, you package it. Yeah. Yeah, you package it. We did our part. Yep. Uh, like We did our part. It's going to be. They did the only part I knew how to do. <laughs> yeah, and you know that's that's good enough. And what we did was we each recorded forty minutes of telling our stories, and um, then they're gonna package it all together and put a stamp on it, and it's gonna be on an internet machine. So interweb. So yeah, be looking on our social media, and if you want to go check out the Pacific Northwest Social Scientists Vanessa McNeil, um, check that all out. There's some links to some websites where you can find these trainings. Um, yeah, do that <clears throat> and support, support a native, support your local native in recovery. Yes. Support your native Americans. And, you know, and I not know we're entered into the holiday season. Uh, y'all got your local native vendors, their crafters and all that. Definitely support them. Uh, there's a big, uh, extravaganza, our vendor thing, bazaar. This Saturday that I'm going to here in Billings, Montana. I'm going to buy some stuff from local vendors. Okay, where's that? At uh, Eagles? Yeah, it's at Eagle Seeker from like 10 to 3, I think. I'm going to go check it out and buy something, you know, buy some Christmas gifts. Support the local natives. Let's go. Definitely. So support your net local natives. Don't be going up to their booths and trying to get a discount, man. Pay full price. Pay full price for Jordans and Xboxes and PS5s and iPhones. Uh, McDonald's number seven. You pay full price for that. You don't try to negotiate. What the hell's the number seven? I don't uh, know. Two cheeseburgers. A Coke I don't know, but it sounds kind of good, though. That's, that's <laughs> why I'm going right now. I, I don't care what a number seven is. Give me one. Give me that number seven. Supersize it. <laughs> did you Did you see that one meme with the big the big kid and then that little guy? Remember they were fighting over that. Uh, he was making like lunch, and he's like, he didn't want the cold food or whatever. And he's like, when two people have settled their differences and they're sticking oh, out for the holidays that. or something, I find it not something. Yeah, you guys sent it to me. That sounds yeah. funny. It is funny. I I butchered the whole thing. Sorry, guys. You, you had to be there. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. You guys got any closing thoughts on Adley Junior's um thing or anything? Okay. Nah, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say you can't really say a whole lot because he put it put a lot out there, um, mm-hmm. and he told it really well. Yeah, like it's it's a really inspiring story. I'm glad he came in. Yeah, no, it was a really 
like just to see like his journey yeah. and and also like a, a, a an avid listener right like that's always giving feedback and and to see that man the podcast is making it is being effective in people's lives yeah like people are listening to it they're they're hanging on to it and you know the, at times they hit us up but also like to see like where he was and then to see where he's at now mm-hmm. man that is like really motivating yeah and inspiring for sure because it's like man he had to make that tough choice but it also shows like the beauty of marriage right like everybody wants the 20 years 30 years not maybe not everybody but people want <laughs> those long you know those yeah, long yeah, yeah. you know the long marriages but they're not willing to tough it out or, or to stick out yeah. you know like mm-hmm. to stick it out and 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 i think it it's awesome to see that the faithfulness to their marriage oh yeah for sure and like shout out to his wife she was in the studio too but yeah she didn't want to jump on um but yeah shout out to his wife to not giving up you know similar thing in my situation you know my wife didn't give up on me she's actually we were divorced at the time and she drove me to detox you know that's how much even though we weren't even married anymore yeah you know i needed a ride to detox and i had a bed and everything and she came and picked me up and took me to detox yeah you know so that kind of support is definitely uh it's needed you know and especially in our low times like that and what he said, like, <clears throat> find someone to talk to. Yeah. I think that was very profound because, like, in in the thralls of our addiction, like, we isolate and we're not really talking to anybody, like, truthfully, honestly about anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we, if we are kicking it with people, it's, like, very surface level, just kind of, like, joking around, laughing, and not really any substance to our conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so that was huge. I was like, yeah, man, that's that's awesome. Yes, definitely. If you're, you know, <clears throat> on that fence about whether to get into recovery or going seek help, man, just go talk to somebody. Find someone you trust that you can confide in um, or pray for somebody that will come and be that support for you. Yeah, all I got, man, that's awesome and that's beautiful. I'm happy for you, my, my boys, man. But my thing is like, where's she at, though? <laughs> I know where's where's the where's the aunties that these guys need? It's holiday season. I don't want to see them go through another holiday season by themselves. Now you're gonna now we could have been something, girl. Now you're just gonna be cold all holiday season. <laughs> Come warm up with these two uncles. <laughs> I mean, not both of them at this time. <laughs> we need two aunties. I got two uncles here. <laughs> Matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. Find me a find. Catch me a catch. What's that from then? What um, move? What's dead on then? on the roof. Yeah, but there's another movie that was. It was hot in the '90s. That was oh, Mr. Doubtfire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was an easy but one. They got it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I just rewatched that recently, like the spring. Man, that is a slow, depressing movie. Which one? Mrs. Doubtfire. Man, no, that it is depressing. It. Yeah, I couldn't rewatch it. Like, I watched it. I turned it off with my kids. And I said, oh, man, this is a funny movie. I used to watch it when I was a kid, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, at the end of it, I was like, man, this is sad. It is. This uh, is a sad-ass movie. Work out. Yeah, it's just like, dang. Anyway, so with that, you guys good? Oh, good. Yeah. All right, cool. 
So to all our listeners out there all over Flat Earth, we love you. We appreciate you. Keep doing what you do and supporting us by listening, sharing. And to our unspoken words, disciples, keep spreading unspoken words. Gospel, Billy Graham style. Ha <laughs> hey. Oh, hey. Be kind to yourselves. Uh, oh, support your local native vendors. Now sit back, relax, and listen to some real talk.